0: In Callan Wink's novel August, we follow the title character from ages 12 to 19. His parents divorce, he observes the many ways their union was illogical, He's quiet and unassuming like his father, but he has a natural curiosity and hunger to learn like his mother. He lives with one parent in Michigan and then the other in Montana. Eventually, a dramatic and violent situation makes him strike out on his own, where he continues to discover that people in small, quiet spaces live complicated lives. The experiences lead him to conclusions about his own parents and his own future. This is Book Public, a Texas public radio podcast about books. I'm your host, Yvette Benavides. In August, the eponymous character is a young boy, Over the course of the novel, we follow him up to age 19 after he's left home. The tale is not a simple one of a Bildungsroman, a coming of age. It's instead a kind of hero's journey of a character who just isn't given to falling in with a crowd, who learns as a young boy to question and evaluate almost every new situation he encounters. We do witness the string of disappointments and the sting of a broken heart for young August, there are quiet moments of reflection that gather up somehow to a storm of events that change him and prepare him for the next place he inhabits. I spoke to author Callan Wink from his place in Montana about his novel, August. Your novel has been described as a coming-of-age novel. It's a Bildungsroman, to use the uh, the literary term. And we have this eponymous protagonist, August. He's a 12-year-old boy growing up in Michigan. His parents are divorced. As the years go by, we observe him through his adolescence to about age 19 in Montana. So sometimes I'm a little bit frustrated by the this offhanded categorization of a work as a Bildungsroman because it comes with these connotations of work that's easy to either read or or easy to write for being about these formative years. So when I read a Bildungsroman, I'm out, actually always struck by the fact of its profound complexity, not the ease in reading it. Uh, it's actually a very complex undertaking for me, like the mysteries of my life are buried in my childhood, right? Mm-hmm. So, Right. But I mean, we have to call it something, and coming of age says it. But I'm just wondering about how you feel about that label
1: um you know i'm i'm fine with that i think uh when i try to tell people you know people ask me what's your novel about and uh for better or worse i'm kind of um you know i i say well it's a coming of age story (laughs) because that's kind of what it is i mean the character august is um you know, he's trying to make sense of his childhood at the end of the book. And, uh, yeah, I think for most people, and especially that particular character, how you come to terms with and process the particulars of your childhood make you who you are as an adult, you know, seems fairly obvious, but um, that's kind of how it is,
0: yeah. The settings are, for the most part, Michigan- on the family dairy farm, and then Montana. There's so many writers whose work is evocative, specifically because they write about place. Um, you know, a particular locale that can be laid bare and is knowable, at least, at last, for readers in in other far-flung places who otherwise would have no idea. So it helps me appreciate this. You know, this old idea attributed by now to lots of writers that books allow us to travel without moving an inch so you're now part of this impressive short list of writers who write about Montana um how does that how do you feel about that about kind of owning that role
1: um yeah there are a lot of writers um from or, or living in Montana for whatever reason, I think at one point writers moved to Montana because, um, well, it's beautiful and it, it is, was, uh, cheap to live. Uh, these are two things that are important for writers, I think, and artists of all kinds. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think there's a nice tradition of, of Montana writing. Um, you know, sometimes you, I do feel like you get a little, uh, pigeonholed or or there's this thing I've run into um, that if you're a a writer from Montana or living in Montana, people are happy with you as long as you're writing about some nice scenery, maybe a grizzly bear. The moment you verge into characters having um, like thoughts about things, um, then you tend to get put in the category of you're kind of like outside your lane. They want you to write about the scenery. Um, And then when you you verge outside of that, they're maybe not as comfortable with it. But uh, overall, yeah, I mean, there's a great tradition of writing in Montana, and I'm I'm happy to be a part of it.
0: One of the recurring linchpins that I found in this expansive story is September 11th, 2001. And August experienced these horrific moments in the way a lot of us did that morning, right? It was in a classroom. Um, And then we see the effects of 9-11 on some of the young men in the novel. So I was wondering, how did you experience that event, that that major event, and then how did it become part of the story?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, it's no, I'm not trying to hide the fact that, you know, the, the events, the timeline of the novel is very much um, on on the timeline of my own life in terms of geography and also just, the years that it spans. Um, and you know, September 11th was a big part of my sort of formative years. Um, I grew up in a small town in Michigan. Um, very, very rural. Um, most of the, the boys that I went to high school with, um, did not go on to college. Um, you know, I did, but, many of them went into the military and you know some of them did not come back you know so that that was a a big part of my kind of my coming of age story i guess and so writing about you know this character um i think it would have been a, a big gap in august um kind of growing up to not have that that particular event in there um because it, for a person like him, um, it's, it was kind of the first moment where things seemed pretty, pretty real. Like there are consequences to the choices you made. You could sign some document, you know, um, to sign up for, for instance, the National Guard, um, and then that could, through a series of events lead to your permanent disappearance from the world. So uh, I think every everyone growing up has this moment where they're kind of like, well, oh, I got, these decisions I make can have <laughs> the ultimate consequence. And so I think that's that's part of what 9-11 is doing in this one. It's, it's just awareness of mortality more than anything else.
0: There's also in the novel these simmering ideas about politics. Um, August's mom makes comments about George W. Bush, you know, the character of Tim, Tim Duncan, who's a conspiracy theorist and uh, promotes the conspiracy theories a lot of us have heard about regarding 9 11. Um, So I'm thinking about, you know, long about 2015, 2016, you were thinking about other new elements of American politics. how do you consider that, if at all, or were you more focused on keeping August in that other era with those earlier political concerns from the Bush era?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think probably um, at that point I was I was more concerned with with keeping August's thoughts in line with those of a of 19-year-old boy at that at that particular moment, but. Um, I think, in regards to the political aspects, some of the, the you know, the, the, the opinions some of the characters have. I think uh, one of the, the interesting things about Montana um, is that it is still one of these places where, you do have some pretty different um, political views. Living kind of side by side, not not always, you know, uh, peacefully, but th- they are in fact existing in the same area. I I've been going to the Bay Area of California, for instance, in the winters for a few years, and and that to me seems like a pretty homogeneous um, kind of cross section of political thought, which. You know, it was probably more closely aligned with my own. But that being said, I, I still like um, having some different opinions, which which you do have um, where I live for most of the year in Montana. Um, there's some very liberal thinking and some very conservative thinking. And um, I don't know, I, I think it's kind of good to keep that in mind. Um, I feel like uh, we maybe get into we are, and we have gotten into the political situation we're in because of maybe overlooking um, certain segments of the population.
0: Well, your first book was the critically acclaimed *Dog Run Moon*. It's a book that is on the favorite book list of everyone in my circle of friends who reads widely. <laughs> so I imagine all of those folks in my circle who read the story *Bretherians* turned the last page and thought, man, I wish we had more August. And now, (laughs) now their, their wish is granted. So when did you know that breatharians would have this other life via the novel?
1: After I wrote that story, I I wrote a couple other stories with August and I'd been, I wrote it, I'd written a different novel that just ended up kind of being unsuccessful and, and I didn't end up publishing it. And, but I was still writing these stories and then I kind of slowly thought, well, like, you know what, maybe, maybe this, what I'm doing here is actually a novel. And, and so, uh, I mean, the the novel does have a sort of story collection of stories feel to it, you know, which is probably just shows the underpinnings of how I wrote it. And that it did start as a few stories that then I sort of linked together. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I just had more more stories with the character, and then I kind of just snuck up on the fact that I was writing a novel. Which, for me, as someone who's still very much trying to figure out how to write novels, I I feel like if I can get going on a novel before it before it knows I'm writing it, um, <laughs> it's less likely to get away from me. So.
0: Well, I think about what you're saying, like this idea that they seem very. Um, the things that happened to August could have been all separate short stories or, yeah. or the novels very episodic. It's almost like this, this hero's journey. It, every once in a while you see him moving toward, like for instance, this uh, traumatic experience with, uh, with Bob, with his friend Bob, right? And there's just these different situations that he gets into that you, Uh, sort of like you're moving through the exposition and he's moving to the next space and then something big happens and then you know he sort of recovers and is changed by it and moves to the next space so I see it that way as this very fluid journey novel there's a lot in the book too that takes place on farms there's just that's a certain kind of life requiring like some unambiguous details about the things that you have to do on a farm, right? So yeah. readers will find some pretty realistically drawn, maybe uncomfortable scenes. I mean, living on a farm, is it's grueling, it's sweaty, it's cold, it's hot, it's dirty. Um, it's the nature of things, right? And those things become uh, almost like these cultural elements for August's story and um, did any of that come from your own real life experience?
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, I I did. I grew up in a really uh, small town, very rural place in in Michigan. And uh, my parents were not farmers, but a a good portion of the people I grew up with were. Um, And so, you know, I had a a good friend when I was a child whose, whose parents were dairy farmers. And so I would spend a lot of time over there so some of the the dairy farm elements i definitely pulled directly from from that um and then where i live now and where i've lived since you know I was probably 20 is um a small town in montana where uh ranching is a big big part of the, the community so i'm around um, a good number of, of those sorts of folks in my everyday life so Um, those sort of details just kind of seep into your awareness uh, when you're immersed in that sort of environment, I think.
0: Likewise with football, right? The (laughs) scenes with football, I mean, it was a little bit beyond vicarious, frankly. I felt like Mm -hmm. the concussive (laughs) impact of it all when August had a headache, I felt a headache coming on too. Mm -hmm. Uh, Did you have those experiences (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <In> football, <laughs> Yeah,
1: you know, I really did love playing football. It's quite true. I, I uh, I had two sisters and, um, growing up and I, I always wanted a brother, I think. And uh, until I could play football, I, I think I was never able to be as violent as I wanted to be, <laughs> you know, in like a, a way that was sanctioned and you were rewarded for violent behavior. Uh, Uh, Yeah, I I, football. I love football, quite honestly. Um, You know, now that I'm in my mid to late 30s, I don't love some of the injuries I sustained playing high school football. But uh, I did love it for sure. At the time, I liked running into people. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) There's a lot of music in this book. And I think that like the Spotify playlist would have been really cool to you know be there's doc watson john prine neil young jimmy buffett janice joplin Mm -hmm. music giants right from generations ago Mm -hmm. august seems like he's exposed to the music by way of others right his parents or other adults how did this You just told us your age too right roughly your age so how did this music come into your life
1: same way i think for most people you're Your parents and um, friends—that's how you—that's how you get your musical taste. I'd say. Um, I grew up. You know, my dad was always playing classic rock. You know, Neil Young and that sort of thing. So, Um, and then uh, I worked on a fair number of construction sites in my early twenties, and so you know, a lot more classic rock um, but yeah i mean I, I i like music a lot i'm not musical myself but uh i'm a i'm a fan of music and i like i guess i'm drawn to uh, songwriters that that have sort of a, a literary bent you know um uh, some texas people james mcmurtry and Tom Van, Zandt, um mm-hmm. especially um are, are great so uh, i would have a hard time writing a novel that didn't have some some uh some musical references um one of the things that annoyed me most in the editing process of this one is that i had to cut out or trim some larger sections of song lyrics because i (laughs) couldn't get permission to use them (laughs) so there there would have been more music in it but uh for legal purposes we had to cut it out
0: (laughs) Uh, well it worked it was so organic in the in whatever the scene was it just worked really really beautifully Uh, There are a lot of boys and men in this book, but I really enjoyed the character of August's mom, Bonnie. There there are moments when Mm -hmm. I felt like she's one person who can begin to understand him, because this this kid is completely enigmatic, right? But Mm -hmm. she has a restlessness and a hunger that I think helps her really see him, even if she can't always reach him. Um, where is she from? She, she's an amazing character to me. I mean, she's flawed, right? She in her right. in many ways, but there's just something about her that I found really interesting and rich.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, this, this novel is in large part a, a novel of man and boys and that's kind of, you know, the point of it, I would say, um, that's what I was interested in in writing it. And, you know, take some heat for that uh, at various points, but it is what it is. But yeah, I think Bonnie is uh, is one of the stronger characters in the book um, and, and a needed character for the book to work, I think. Um, August is, I guess, as you said, enigmatic and maybe more so just um, unable to communicate or express certain things um, due to the fact that that is sort of the model that he is, is basing what it means to be a man on. I think the book is in, in part sort of a depiction, if not a comment on a depiction of a certain mode of kind of Midwestern manhood for better and worse, I would say. Uh, and Bonnie exists as sort of a counterpoint to that in some ways. You know, she's has to, she's sort of long suffering in some ways. You know, dealing with her husband Dar, and and I think her worries are that August is, in some ways, going to go that same route. Uh, I don't really know where she came from, other than that. I I could imagine that would be a role, a woman such as her would have in the household. She is in part created like an urge wanting something different for August, I think is, is one of her main um, main character drives, you know, um, she's a bit of an outsider, um, which is why I think August himself always feels a little bit like he's on the outside of things in the, in the community he was born in. Um, you know, his mother was not born there. Um, some of these small, communities, you know, they can they can trace their, you know, the the generations back and if if you're one generation from being from somewhere else, you're you're actually never totally going to fit in.
0: It does. It's she's just it's just one of those, you know, uh ineffable things with you know, a mother, you know, she introduces him to all of this there's a lot of food in this book, right? <laughs> she introduces somehow. Mm. She introduces him to uh, international cuisine, and they eat these great meals. Um, and then, when, you know, I notice when he's living alone, he's heating up the ramen, and you know, sort of like those days of those tremendous, you know, the pork buns and <laughs> those kinds of things <laughs> are in, are in the long past. Um, mm-hmm so she's she's just interesting, you know, with her, with the library and the movies that she shows him and and all of that. I just I really like her. Um, August is, a, you know, he's a man of few words, and he's really introspective. And I would have to go back and maybe quantify, like count all the words in the dialogue, but <laughs> it seems like the moments when August says the most to somebody, is when he's recounting an anecdote someone else shared with him (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. that I just found that so interesting. And then, you know, usually he's, he has these quick answers, right? And he just, and and the conversation can move on and sort of like a character like Tim talks a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. His dad's, you know, his dad is a man of few words too, but he's calling him and sort of imposing a little bit and and disrupting whatever, you know, August is on a search for, you know, he's on this path. There's a line in the book at a certain point where the reason August is looking forward to adulthood is because you, quote, don't have to suffer anyone else's company. (laughs) Um, And he's really looking forward to (laughs) to that part of his adulthood. Is that how you feel about it as someone who is um a writer who prizes solitude and you know if um well a fishing guide I mean you have to talk to the other people but who lives mostly and moves mostly in spaces without a lot of people like this just this is a sentiment that you can appreciate as well
1: yeah to a certain extent um definitely I think um there's a certain like opaqueness to August's character and that's it's very much kind of, i mean that's sort of the point i think he he wouldn't be able to put into words how he feels about a lot of things um and i kind of wanted the novel to reflect that um which is probably very annoying for some readers but um Yeah, I mean, he doesn't know himself well, um, and he's not prone to putting voice to things that aren't directly tied to, um, like, concrete actions, you know, work especially. Um, These are, like, safe areas for talking, Um, and, you know, he's he's definitely staying away from, the other areas that aren't that aren't directly linked to the physical world, basically. Um, And whether that's something he'll grow out of at some point. um, It's hard to say, you know, but it, it is part of his makeup.
0: Callan, thanks so much for talking to us.
1: Oh, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Callan Wink is the author of August. It's published by Random House. This has been Book Public, a Texas public radio podcast about books. Write to us at bookpublic at tpr.org. You can subscribe to Book Public on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Jacob Rosati composed our theme music. Dan Katz is Texas Public Radio's news director. I'm Yvette Benavides.